We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place exclusive interviews with players coaches and team executives streaming live and always available on demand stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the odyssey app There are two kinds of evil in the world. There's active evil and passive evil. Active evil is the one everyone knows. We see it nightly on the news. Murder, rape, homicide, assault. But then there's passive evil. Today's society is literally teeming with it. You can feel it in your gut, can't you? Even if you can't quite put your finger on what's bothering you. That thing is passive evil and it's everywhere. What is passive evil? Until I read psychologist M. Scott Peck's books, I didn't see evil everywhere. I do now. But I also didn't see good everywhere. I see that now, too. That's the funny thing. Being able to see and recognize passive evil lets you see the good in stark contrast. In fact, you can't properly appreciate all the beauty in the good in this world without Seeing the darkness that provides the stark contrast. Read Scott Peck's book, The People of the Lie, and to some extent, The Road Less Traveled, and you'll see it everywhere, too. In fact, in America right now, our politics is a classic struggle between passive evil and good. Here's a classic example that if you don't know about passive evil, you might not think of as evil at all. I recognized it for what it was the second I saw it. Here's the headline. California seeks to end advanced math courses in the name of social justice. This is all the rage with the passive evil loving left. Would you call that policy evil or just stupid and misguided? They literally will ban it. No advanced math courses, no matter how smart or capable you are. We probably don't think of that as evil the way we think of, I don't know, murder, manslaughter and homicide. But it is. One of the first things I did when I started dating my husband was hand him a copy of the book. It'd be hard for me to share my life with someone who couldn't see passive evil everywhere and the good that you can see once you understand it. He read it and it changed his life too. We talk about passive evil or some form of it almost every day in our house. So what's the nature of it? Goodness in its most simple form and its most moral form can be broken down into one word, growth. Goodness is growth. And evil is decay, laziness, and stagnation. It takes the easy way out, the way with no conflict. It values 
peace over growth. It is the opposite of growth. It is destructive, it destroys, and it revels in destruction. Destruction of what? What is good? That which is growing. Evil, in particular, passive evil, always crushes growth. That's how you know it's evil. Unlike active evil, which often leaves a trace that a police department could detect, passive evil leaves no trace you can see much of the time. But it is the single most destructive force on the face of the earth. And what in its most basic element is growth? It's struggle, discomfort, sometimes even pain. If you think about the Bible in its most basic elements, what is God asking us to do in the Bible for him? He's asking us to grow. Growth is impossible without struggle. A couple of years ago, I watched my son, who was determined to be a YouTuber, learn, and he was too young for the program, a design program that would allow him to make really eye-popping videos. He screamed, he yelled, he cried, he banged the computer keyboard. He gave up at least a half a dozen times, and he drove me crazy. In the old days, before I read Scott Peck, I would have told him to knock it off. You're too young to learn that anyway. You're trying to do something that you probably can't do. And besides, you're driving me nuts. Oftentimes, struggle itself looks evil and bad. The crying, the fist banging, the self-doubt. But having read Scott Peck's book and understanding the nature of struggle and its necessity for growth, I said nothing. Today, still years before he was supposed to be old enough to use the program, he does amazing designs on it. I said to him recently when he was showing me one of those, would you trade that struggle now? Would you go back and erase it now that it's over? He said, mom, no, of course not. But at the time he was miserable. Here's another one. The child who's fat, obese, and has a mother or father that hands them snacks when they say they're hungry. The child cries when you try to take the snacks away. The child, and I actually know a child like this, is bright and perceptive. And says, Mom, Dad, are you denying me snacks because I'm fat? Do you think I'm fat too and ugly? So not wanting to admit this and kind of doubting that nagging sense of doubt. Do you, do you really deny a hungry child food when they're growing? Because that avoids painful conflict that makes the child cry and at the time feels wrong. But is that the best thing for the child or is that the parent taking the lazy? and easy way out. The way that lets the problem fester. The way that guarantees there'll be no growth by the child. No struggle and no overcoming. The parents continue to give the child snacks. But ultimately that obesity destroys everything good in the child. Her sense of self-worth, her social advancement, her relationships, her health. So the good thing to do in this case, as in so many others, is to fight the fight. And if someone were to step in your living room at just that moment when the child is screaming and crying and hurt, you think I'm fat and ugly too, and I am so hungry, it would be easy to mistake the struggle that is part of the growth as something bad or evil when it is in fact the opposite. Allowing that child to have those snacks is passively evil. And over the long term, it destroys life, health vitality and growth just as surely as violence would ban the struggle and you ban growth keep that parameter in mind as you go forward and evaluate the policies of the left you'll find something 
Almost without exception, every single one crushes or bans the growth or the struggle that is needed for the growth. Leftism, as a philosophy today in America, is passively evil. That's not to say Republicans have it right or get it right most of the time. But the right's policies are not, without exception, anti-growth. The left's are. I'll explain. Coming up next. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Think back to something you did that was hard, that at some point during it, you thought, I can't do this. I'm going to have to quit. But you didn't quit. For whatever reason, maybe somebody, like your parent, made you. And you conquered it. You could feel the growth, couldn't you? It felt good. Banning the struggle is banning the growth. Because you can't have growth without struggle. And banning struggle is evil. Liberalism, at its very essence, always bans growth. It crushes countries economies, and human will. That's not an accident or an unfortunate outcome of misapplying leftist economic principles. It's the goal. As I've pointed out for years on the air, all leftist philosophy really is is the breaking of two commandments. Thou shalt not steal and thou shalt not covet. Have you ever coveted? Maybe you went on Facebook. This has happened to everybody. And you bump into an old classmate there, someone you used to know, and you're shocked by their success or achievement or something they have that you wanted. It feels bad, doesn't it? If you dwell on it too much, it'll eat you alive. There's only two ways forward at that point. That jarring experience can be a much-needed wake-up call. That it's time for some struggle and some growth in your own life. That's the only positive and loving way to look at it. But there is, unfortunately, another way forward, a passively evil way forward. It's the way the left sells when they promise endlessly on a loop to crush everyone, everything that has ever been better than you or more admirable than you. Everything that shines. Because things that shine that are admirable are things that have grown. Whether it's a business or an athlete or a friend's marriage, it was all forged in struggle. So much of left-wing rhetoric is about hate. It is one big walking excuse not to struggle, not to grow, 
and to stagnate. Leftism promises to crush the struggle and the growth in other people so as to save you the psychological pain necessary to spur needed growth in yourself. If no one is allowed to achieve, then no one is allowed to grow and you need never feel bad about your own stagnation. They call this equality and it's their highest aim. It's a cheap knockoff of equal opportunity under the law. It sounds a lot alike, but one is incredibly destructive and the other is the perfect culture for growth. Leftism is the promise of never having to feel pain or to struggle. And that pain can only be eliminated through eliminating those signs, symbols, and sometimes even people who are a reminder to us that we have failed to grow. It promises to punish anyone who grows more than we do. It promises a false escape from the psychological pain of not measuring up, of self-examination that is necessary for growth and for good. When a mother is doing right by her children, she doesn't take the easy way out. She doesn't pat them on the shoulder and say, that's okay, don't feel bad about failing, maybe you shouldn't try again to escape the pain of failure. That's easy for the child, but it's also easy for her. She escapes the pain of watching the child struggle. She escapes the conflict of pointing out to the child his or her deficits and forcing the child to correct them. What she winds up with is the kind of children so many of us produce now. Those who haven't grown because their own parents are too lazy to challenge them to do what is necessary. This kind of child will always need protection from the positive aspects of the growth in others because they'll never measure up. Barack Obama gave us probably the most perfect example of this I've ever heard. When, in a debate with Hillary, he was asked about the conundrum of left-wing tax policy. Liberals love big government. And think it should do everything for everyone. Which is ironic because, as ABC News's Charlie Gibson pointed out to Obama in that 2008 debate, history shows that lowering capital gains tax actually increases the revenue that comes into the Treasury. Or, looking at it in another way, the more economic struggle that is allowed, the more growth will happen. You can literally measure this with math as economic output. But behind every struggle of economic output is a personal story of self-denial, discipline, and growth. In other words, a struggle. So, more economic activity through lower tax rates results in more money for liberals to spend. So, raising tax rates is self-defeating for people who want the government to do all and be all. It actually hurts the people they want to help. So, why do it? Because the left's real goal isn't to raise revenue, it's to crush growth. And government is the primary vehicle by which they do it. And crushing growth is always the primary goal. They'll even hurt government to do it. Here's the clip. All right. You have, however, said you would favor an increase in the capital gains tax. As a matter of fact, you said on CNBC, and I quote, I certainly would not go above what existed under Bill Clinton, which was 28%. It's now 15%. That's almost a doubling if you went to 28%. But actually, Bill Clinton in 1997 signed legislation that dropped the capital gains tax to 20%. Right. And George Bush has taken it down to 15%. And in each instance, when the rate dropped, revenues from the tax increased. The government took in more money. And in the 1980s, when the tax was increased to 28%, the revenues went down. 
So why raise it at all, especially given the fact that 100 million people in this country own stock and would be affected? Well, Charlie, what I've said is that I would look at raising the capital gains tax for purposes of fairness. We saw an article today which showed that the top uh, 50 hedge fund managers made $29 billion last year. $29 billion for 50 individuals. There you have it, liberalism in a nutshell. He's willing to have less money come into the Treasury, ultimately less money for government programs that ostensibly, according to them, could help people, and to hurt 100 million people who own stocks, all to get at 50 fund managers. Why? Because if you're not allowed to go to the top, you can't fail. And if you can't fail, you'll never have to confront the pain that comes with not growing, with stagnation, with staying still. You can be at the top, which is now the average, by doing nothing special. No need for self-examination or refining your strategies. No need for self-discipline or self-sacrifice or self-criticism. Ah, there's a big one. That's what liberalism promises. The freedom from ever having to undertake the kind of self-criticism that is necessary to grow. It's passive evil. They call it equality of outcome, but it's no equality at all. It says, if you envy, we will fix your breaking of that commandment for you by stealing another broken commandment on your behalf. Oh, it does produce the equality the left promises, but only through stagnation and misery. Stagnation, that is itself a kind of death, of hopes, of dreams, of full lives. It's passive evil. And the California policy banning advanced math is exactly that. I'll read it. The California Department of Education's 2021 Mathematics Framework seeks to end accelerated math opportunities for gifted students due to racial disparities in gifted math programs. According to the California Department of Education, quote, in California, 2004 through 2014, 32% of Asian American students were in gifted programs compared with 8% of white students, 4% of black students, and 3% of Latino students. In response to these apparent inequities, the framework recommends doing away with the accelerated math track. The state's middle school students can currently choose. Under the current system, gifted math students could take both math 7 and 8 in 7th grade, allowing them to take Algebra 1 in the 8th grade. This track puts such students on a pathway to take calculus by 12th grade, setting the stage for them to be more advanced and take more advanced math courses in college. What some students, being really good at math, a natural gift, and other students who excel at math because they work really hard, has to do with those who don't excel at math, I have no idea. The goal here isn't equality at all. It's to crush the struggle needed for growth so no growth can happen. It's stagnation. The death of innovation, ideas, advancement, and dreams. It's exactly what the Biden stimulus is doing right now. Protecting people from the struggle of hard economic times. The kind of struggle that makes you lean and mean and brings out the best in you out of necessity. Borrowing money from future generations that might have been used for investment and growth and innovation and spending it instead now on stagnation and avoidance of struggle through which growth comes. It's the perfect example of passive evil. The result? 
artificially created inflation the markets never would have produced that will grind down hope, growth, and innovation in the future. It's classic liberal policy because it's growth killing. Start looking for passive evil, you'll see it everywhere. But as you begin to see passive evil everywhere, a funny thing will happen. You'll start to see good in places you didn't see it before, too. Like in the mother who fights the fight, takes the snack away, and loads the crying child into the car to drag him to practice as the two squabble the whole way there. I'm too fat to run fast. Yes, honey, but who will you be in six months? We don't do this. We won't find out. Love is the willingness to engage in that struggle. Goodness is the willingness to let others engage in it, even though they may finish further ahead than you in the race. Thank you for listening to today's edition of the Battleground America podcast. Please subscribe and share with like-minded friends and family everywhere. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 